Hey, it's your boy, Street Leaguers. Street Leaguers, bitch. Analog Jackson series. Third time around. You know what I'm saying? Title of this episode gonna look a little fucked up because they, they don't observe punctuation. You can't listen to Usher. You know what I'm saying? Going back in time. Um, Like I told you, um, what Street Leaguers is about, what the Analog Jackson series is about, is we're not going to say no names. We're going to protect these women because they significant others deserve to never know what they women was truly about. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm blessed. Blessed in many different ways, but I've been blessed with having the experiences that I can share with y'all. And I promise you, these stories are 100% true from the perspective that I'm telling them um, and from the actuality of the events, you feel me? But, you know, you can't listen to us. So when Confessions hit in 2004, right? And I mean, it hit hard. Like, I think 2003, 2004, something like that. But Confessions was a fucking trip. Like, that album was crazy. Like, Usher put together a great follow-up. The 8701, I thought 8701 was good. Um, you Don't Have to Call kind of took him to a whole nother level as far as a superstar. And, you know, he had some highlights on that album. And it, it made him a superstar. You know, he was on his way to being a superstar. But 8701, um, what in that moment confessions was that michael jackson moment confessions made this nigga um you know an icon you know and um it was his thriller moment so you know not to get off track but you know usher kendrick lamar beyonce they've all had you know thriller moments with shit they created drake too you know and, and i'm a music fan you know i love music at some point, Street League is going to talk about some music with some people. But right now, he's getting into his own thing. But, you know, music ain't the aim of this one. You know? And, you know, like a lot of these chapters, you know? And like a lot of these stories, they mark time for me. Just like songs mark time for people. And, you know, I can remember this incident or this specific occurrence because this was the soundtrack around that time. So, you know, it's March, it's around the height of the album. The album out, it's kicking, it's doing its thing. It's March Madness time. This was the year that UConn had a squad and Duke had a squad. And then the national semifinal game was better than the national championship game. Duke had, I believe, William Avery, Elton Brand, Corey McGetty. A lot of guys would leave that year, you know, um, after playing for a season um, but you know what I'm saying I had decided to take a little break from the company I had been working for it's the company that I would be working for that I was working for in the duck sauce episode if you listen to that one um, I took a little break from them and really I took a break because I was about to get fired we had a little enterprise system going uh, that I don't want to speak about and those statues up, but we was big business. I was the ringleader, it was getting hot, and I only knew one thing to do, got the fuck out. But um, took a little break, and just had to, and decided to kick it a little bit more. I'd had my finances right, you know, I had everything set up, I was able to pay my bills, and you know, I decided shit, 
was in school. Um, I needed something else to do. And there was this phone center, um, you know, in town, Convergence, I can give you the name of that. And, you know, it was, it was, it was the move. My real motivation, and which had been my motivation for a while of trying to get out there, everything, and when I say everything, everything that was bad in the city at the school worked out there. Like, you know what I'm saying? You just had to answer phones, do customer service. And I wanted a piece of that action. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you, when I say every bad, K, Red was there um, around the city. Motherfuckers you see in the grocery store. You know what I'm saying? Milfs, baby and mamas, they was working out there. So it was a good move, like I said. Um, my roommate referred me. He had been out there for a minute. And, you know, it was pretty easy for me to get up in there. My roommate actually was working there, and I think he had moved up a few positions. And then I had another roommate that was working out there, a nigga that was from kind of like my cloth as far as the women goes. And, you know, he was taking some time. He was, he was running through some things, and, <laughs> you know, you ain't got to advertise too much to me. I'm, I'm going to get on. But upon being hired, you know, um, you, you had to go through a training program. And it took a few weeks. And then you went to floor training. And then you can move on your own. And I was in a small training group. I think it was about three or four, maybe five people in the training group that I was in. And um, there was a young dude, a little white kid, a freshman. He was in the group. He was funny as hell, but he was dumb as fuck. I mean, he was just an idiot, man. And he made the training go by so great because he had a lot of slow moments. He was just dumb as hell. There was three other women in the group. Um, and, you know, this is the type of job where I think women excelled easily because they have beautiful voices. They're, they're built for it, and they, they just learn easily, quicker. Um, but of all the women in our group, there was one that just stood out to me. And, you know, truth be told, it was it was really because she had a stupid ass and this is at the point in my life where it was ass over everything like i was really infatuated with asses um you know i'm um junior senior in college um i'm just head over heels in love with ass I really started eating ass probably about a year before that um, and, and kind of had an understanding of what I liked and what attribute and what physical characteristics of a woman I like, which would carry on for years to come, and that was it. Um, but, um, you know, I, I was sure that, you know, she was the type that job that once she hit the floor it was gonna be a wrap niggas was gonna line up to try to do what they had to do to make that happen so i said i gotta capitalize now so the thing about that place you know it was a lot of women and, and despite the new volume that's about that the large amount of women if a new one hit the floor it was just like on the yard when them freshmen came out they had about a good week two weeks if they survived that it's because they was really meant to survive it they weren't desirable and they just went out there playing like that 
Sometimes you could get up some, but them first two weeks, them bad ones, you're going to scoop them up off the yard. You you might make a few moves on the yard, look around, hit some, some scrolls. You know what I'm saying? Hit the library a few, the union, just to, just to see them. Um, you know what I'm saying? But you did what you did. Um, so, like I said, it's me and Marks. I was in a somewhat relationship. You know what I'm saying? But I'm trying to juggle. You know what I'm saying? Never really got good at it, but I used what I had. Um, so, you know what I'm saying? Picture all this. You know, you meet a chick talk to us apparently and you know what I'm saying she asked you to come over one night to watch the Laker game you know what I'm saying so you do that and you know to make matters even worse she live in the same apartment complex that you live in just a little off the beaten path you know in another section so you can walk to that motherfucker you ain't gotta try um so you go to a crib and when you at a crib, she got a pit bull in that motherfucker going hard. You know what I'm saying? He going hard, just tearing up everything. Walls, couch, everything. Like, I'm pretty sure when she left that apartment, he fucked shit up. You know what I'm saying? Really fucked it up. So, you know, I walk to the crib, like I said. You know, I get there and, you know. It's cool. We we stayed where we stayed at was far enough away from campus that you wouldn't walk into campus. You had to have you had to be the right drive, and you know so um, having something that far away from campus, that far away from my where my other chick lived in my neighborhood, that was a bonus. Um, I'm gonna tell you something about her ass though. It was a move. It was inspiration. It was um, like a gift to me. It was like, imagine going in the store, and it's one left of everything that you like, and you the only person in the store. That's how it felt, you know what I'm saying? And like my brother would always tell me, he said, you was making decisions based off of just ass for about a good two-year period. Like, I was shallow as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, had it not to be done, nigga, th- if, the, if the pants touched the ass right, I was going crazy. So, you know, a lot of the details escaped me from that first night. But I know we did watch the game. Um, and, you know, that was my fault. I ain't really make a move. You know, I played with the pussy a little bit. Um, you know, we smoked a little bit. It was cool. I ain't make a move. I should have. But it wasn't a complete loss, you know what I'm saying? Because the next night, I went back through, and I just got lost. Like, when I tell you I got lost, um, I spent the night, and I never do that. I never spend the night at their crib. Um, back then, I played home games, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm comfortable in my spot. When you're in college, you never know. They could be dealing with an old head nigga. He feel like he got run of the crib. Um, you know, you got to be uncomfortable in her spot because you feel all these, the ghost of nigga pass and shit, these skeletons lurking. And I, I fell asleep, nigga. Um, and, you know, I did. Um, and, you know, that shit went on for about three, four nights. I'm going to tell you real talk. I was, I was swept up, caught up in the rapture of that pussy. You know what I'm saying? 
I think I even went and played tennis with her one night. For real. I ain't know the man. Tennis? <laughs> Look, bro, me, we went and played tennis, you know. I can recall one night we went and grabbed something to eat, and she rode with me. And after we got something to eat, we headed back to the complex. And, you know, we're going to actually go to my crib for a minute. So, you know what I'm saying? We get there. We headed to the crib, man. You know, the driveway to my area, the complex where I live, was back down a lane that had a little curve, you know. Um, but just enough room for two cars. And on one bend of that curve, I could actually see my apartment. But the people from my apartment couldn't see me. It was like a perfect little vantage point. So, as I hit that bend... And I saw my back patio in the parking area. I could see nobody was out. I could see there was people out there, um, but they couldn't see me. But then I got a little closer, and I saw my girlfriend's car was parked out in front of my patio. So, you know, I saw my brother out there and my roommate, you know what I'm saying, and my other homeboy. This was my ex-roommate who was working at Convergence. He was out there, too. So, you know what I'm saying? I just remember coming up with something real quick, putting it in reverse, and just saying, hey, let's go grab this. I forgot about this. Probably went to grab some drink or something. And by the time we getting back, I'm like, well, let's just go to your house or whatever. And so, we, you know, we did. Um, but um, on the way back, to her crib, you know, by this time, her hands was all over me. They was in my pants. My pants were goddamn damn near off in the car. And so, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, shit, I know we going to your crib now. So, I don't know, you know, if it was just me or whatever it was, but me and her kicked it. We did our thing. And, you know, I made it through the training at that job. It ended up not being my speed. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. You feel me? But it was what it was. So at some point, I just said, fuck this. I'm not going to do this job no more. Me and her kept doing shit, doing shit. Um, and, um, you know, she hit the flow. And once she hit the flow, it was just like I said. I knew it was going to be what it was. So I was cool with it. But I know before I left... I had sit next to this dude who was funny as fuck. And like as soon as one of my calls would end, you didn't have a lot of time in between calls. As soon as one of my calls would end, he would just start going in. Like it was it was like a comedy show sitting next to that nigga. And, you know, he would stand up and take his phone calls. He was good at his job. He would stand up, but he'd be scanning the flow and he would stand up and be talking. And he stood up most of his shift. And in between phone calls, he would sing songs and do his own little remixes on shit. And I just remember he had said something about, You can ride with me tonight, girl, but you can't listen to Usher. You can listen to Outkast, but you can't listen to Usher, girl. And he was doing it to kind of like, you don't have to call beat kind of, or whatever. And I don't know why I still remember that shit. You know, this is like 2000. This is like 14, 13, 14 years. Like, you know what I'm saying? But that shit was funny as hell to me then. Like, I was probably down there pissing on myself. You know, what made it even funnier was he was actually telling a chick in the office that, when he was singing it because he had set himself up for a little date 
and the chick wasn't the best looking thing in the world. But he was letting her know, like, you not listening to Usher. We ain't riding around listening to R&B because it ain't that kind of part. You did. And it was what it was. But, you know, I think while I was there, I just spent a little too much time focusing on potential of pussy and less on the job and I never trained the way I was supposed to train um, even though I didn't knock down a few it was just a lot of them went highlights I had that one highlight a lot of them was just from feeling um, and you know it was t toward the end of my collegiate career it was toward the end of my undergrad career and, you know what I'm saying I was I was just trying to get in as much as I could because I knew the real world was around the corner so um, I knew I had probably like two classes left at that point. So that was it. Me and her kind of lost touch. Every now and then we hit each other, even to this day. You know, maybe like a Facebook Messenger message or some shit like that. But I just never fucked with her. Um, but something happened. I'm gone now. I'm living in Florida. Um, my roommate, he graduated. He's working for the school, so he called me one day, and he was like, hey, man, he was like, shit, you know, um, I already dudes talking this shit, and, you know, come to find out, you know, it heard something about a chick, and, you know, it's your girl you was fucking with. And he was like, you know, shit, you know, found out that um, she burnt old boy she had burnt bro and he was like man I'm just letting you know cause you know what I'm saying I don't want you to be out there fucked up like that cause she had that package you know what I'm saying and what's funny about that is me and her kicked it it ended I went back to the company I left before I came there but I went back and now I'm a manager so I'm, I'm there as a manager and, you know, I go to a store, I'm there training, getting some work in, and I got to piss real bad at that point. Like, I got to, like, piss. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's to the point where the piss is coming out. Like, I can't control it. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, man, what the fuck? Like, so I literally have to run out of the back room, the back storage room to the bathroom to piss and I piss and it, it was a little tingle um, that happened about three more times to me that day to the point where I was sick and I had to tell my supervisor like look I gotta go to the doctor like I'm, I'm, I'm sick you know I gotta go to the doctor and I go to the doctor he asking me all kind of questions and I know like the weekend before I went to the doctor me and some of my um, homeboys had got together and went down to um, Destin, and we was just kicking it, drinking, clubbing. I had ate a whole lot of fucking shrimp, like a whole lot of shrimp. So I'm blaming it on that, you know, but come to find out, I ended up having mono. Um, at least that's what I thought it was, because I didn't get a blood test. Uh, but it, I guess I ended up having chlamydia or some shit, because um, I ended up getting an antibiotic lost about 20 30 pounds so the pictures of me when i graduated high school i look gaunt like you know what i'm saying you can see jaw muscles and it was wild man it was, it was, it was 
It's fucking crazy, but you know what I'm saying? I guess, guess I had to let it burn. You did. <laughs>